What is a super podcast listener? Podcast suicide, five errors to avoid. And who are podfasters? And listeners' comments. While you're listening to the Speaker Live Show, episode 135 for November 15th, 2017. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the show today. My name is Rob Greenlee, and I'm the head of Pod. Uh, podcast content and partnerships. I got that one. That was a slip of the tongue. I'm actually now the head of partnerships for Spreaker and Block Talk Radio. And thanks for getting us today and including us in your life. We appreciate it. I'm joined again by my co-host, Mr. Alex Exum, who's the host of the Exum Experience podcast. Alex, thanks for the show. Hey, me. hey, Rob. Thanks for having me back. Uh, always happy to be here. You know, we've got a lot of topics to cover. So I am going to be precise today. Instead of precise. prattling on and rambling on, yes, and concise and codify my thoughts and not prattle on like I always do. This is a okay. challenge for me. Well, gonna we're going to jump into it and get it done fast. Is that what the idea is here? Since uh, a fair amount of the content of the show is uh, about super podcast listeners and fast podcast listeners. So we're going to talk about a bunch of cool stuff in here. We stream this show live Every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern from SpreakerLiveShow.com. And you can also get us on the Amazon Echo smart speaker platform as well now. Spreaker does have a skill. So you can just um, ask your uh, smart speaker to uh, pull up the speaker skill. If you have an Amazon Echo type device, you can get us right there. Uh, we also have our own show app, the Spreaker Live Show app for Android and iOS. Spreaker um, as a company is also on the Instagram platform. So you can get us over there. And on LinkedIn, believe it or not. So we just appreciate you joining us. And thank you so much for taking time out of your valuable day to tune in and listen to the Speaker Live show. Really, the purpose of this show, if you're new to this show, is to share some inside information about what's happening with the Speaker platform, but also talk about broader, bigger topic issues. And I think this episode is a good example of that, where we talk about kind of trends and stats and research and and topics relating to helping you become a more informed podcaster. And that's really the goal of this show as well. Help keep us educated, uh, Alex and I, also, because it forces us to do research about what's going on in the industry. But it also, you know, enables us to help you kind of fast forward through all of the, the noise that's out there that's happening in the podcasting space to kind of get to what's really important. So one of the topics I, I wanted to jump right into right at the top of the, the show here, and I alluded to it in the lead-in, is a topic around a word that's out there now that's spinning around called podfasters. And what this is, is a growing popularity around high-speed audio listening to podcasts. What this really is, is um, a lot of the current client software out there or the podcast listening apps enable you to um, like do double speed or one and a half times speed listening to podcasts. And if you haven't done this or as a podcaster realize that this is happening to your content, it's probably, a, you know, this is a good time to to learn a little bit more about it. And so what my plan was is to play a little audio clip that I just recorded before we started doing the show of what that sounds like. So, I mean, the mental image, Alex, and don't you jump in here too before I play the clip, but is the sound of like Minnie Mouse talking, right? Uh, as you're listening to this podcast, it just goes really, really fast. And I guess that's 
That's really what's going on. So if you speak really, really fast in your podcast already, and I know a lot of podcasters do, when they hit double speed or triple speed, or I guess it can be really speed, um, they might not be able to understand you, Alex. What What do you think is going on here? Why are people doing this? Well, I consciously have to slow myself down for my shows. If you hear me on the other show, I'm a little bit more rambling sometimes, and I try to keep it. <laughs> listenable, I guess. But yes, I have the problem of, you know, sometimes you're just speeding up and sometimes slowing down. Um, I hear it in other podcasters, like you said. I know that you're going to play a clip. I've found that it depends on the podcaster. Some people it's not very jarring. Others it is. Uh, people will probably find that from the clip that you play. But also you got to worry about music, Rob, intro music, things like that. And if you're running commercials, how's that going to sound? Um, so, you know, that we'll, we'll, we'll take a listen, I know, but um, it's, it's an unusual way to listen to podcasts, I think, in my opinion. I, I've never listened to one like that, but I will try. Well, let's play this and then we'll come back and we'll talk briefly about it. I know that there was an article that came out uh, talking about the popularity of this and, and uh, let's talk about its potential impacts on podcasters um, as we look forward because I, th I think more people are going to try and do this. Let's play this little clip that I made just a few minutes ago. So I wanted to play a little um, sample of uh, fast, high-speed listening to podcasts that seems to be popular right now. Um, so I have uh, WTF with Mark Marin here, and I wanted to play a double-time speed um, for everybody here. Hang on. Hey, folks. John Stewart returns to TV to host a live comedy benefit on HBO. It's the night of too many stars. America unites for autism programs. Presented in partnership with Next for Autism, the all-star event will feature stand-up performances, sketches, and short films by some of Hollywood's biggest stars. That's the night of too many stars, this Saturday, November 8th at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, only on HBO. We're also sponsored by the new film Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, a darkly comedic drama from Academy Award winner Martin McDonough. Three Billboards is a uniquely entertaining tale of revenge and redemption. Starring okay, that's two times. Academy Award nominee Woody Harrelson. Claimed actor Sam Rockwell. That's normal speed. I saw it already, and it's a great movie. Three Billboards. That's one and a half times. select theaters. Okay, let's do the show. Okay, I just wanted to give a sample of that I know, um, so you could uh, hear what that sounds like, and it's uh, it's like l listening to Minnie Mouse talk really fast. Well, Alex, uh, we played that for everybody, and um, I think it gives a good flavor for for what is. Um, happening, what people are experiencing when they're playing uh, your episode at double speed or one and a half speed. Now, I, I know that this article talked about how some listeners were working their way up to to triple speed. I, I don't know. Is there a limit here, Alex? How fast somebody well, can listen well, to your even podcast? There is, but there are other apps where you can do it up to 10 speed, Rob. <laughs> so these, so I know, can you imagine <laughs> these so-called pod fasters, right? who do, and apparently they're doing about 50 episodes a week. So they're heavy listeners, right? They can yeah. use things like Write Speed, which I guess is another app at about two ninety nine, where it can be up to 10 times the speed that they're saying in this BuzzFeed article. So I was shocked. I'm like, 10 times? I don't know. That's a little overkill to me. But um, it's not a huge group, Rob. It's only about 1% of the overcast yeah. listeners, they're saying, yeah. that listen to two times or higher. So it's not a huge group. But an interesting subset, and who knows if that might grow. As podcasting becomes bigger and you get more and more podcasts that you subscribe, maybe people are going to say, hey, I don't have enough time to listen to them all. Or you want to catch up in the, you know, from archives or previous episodes. That might be the way to do it. I mean, if, if, you, if you can yeah. handle it. 
I don't know. Well, you know, I mean, one percent is not what what I would call a a massive groundswell, um, but maybe right. there's a higher percentage of people listening at maybe one and a half speed. You know, he doesn't really talk about one and a half speed here. In the sample that I played there, one and a half speed sounds like maybe it's manageable to understand what's being said and yeah. it doesn't distort things too, too much. And it right. may cut in half your listening time. So maybe there is something to that. But if I were to create a show that was a, a little, I talked a little slower, that would kind of mess them up, wouldn't I? Yeah. <laughs> or even faster. Or Yeah, I know. And, you know, apparently, Rob, so, I, the, a lot of these people I was, you know, they were referencing and you know, they were interviewing were long commuters, right? And people at work. And some of these people were listening to eight hours of podcasting a day at work. And I was like, eight hours? Like, how are you working? How are you, if you have someone gibbering in your ear all day, like, how do you get anything done? <laughs> anyway, yeah. this is my personal opinion. <laughs> There's some quotes in here talking about how people are maxing out at two and a half times. So, of, mm -hmm. because it, I would think once you hit about three times, you're probably at a limit where it's, it kind of gets a little bit too distorted. Everybody wants to take and you don't get to, the to an extreme, right? Right. And, you know, and, and my personal opinion, some podcasters have wonderful voices and it would take away all the nuance of someone's voice. Right. I don't want that. I don't want to miss the the emphasis they put on words. And even like sometimes I will use pregnant pauses purposely. Yeah purposely in the show because it makes a point. So anyway, I don't know, Rob. It's it, For me, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it. I'm going to try it. I haven't tried it. Uh, this is a fairly recent article. This came out, what, November the 12th, so I hadn't heard about this since then. But an interesting topic to bring up, I thought, for the listeners. And I mean, I mean, you, you, as you just said, it's not too bad at one and a half speed. So maybe I could do that and start. Start there and then maybe... Who knows? Then in a year, I'll be up to 10 times. Who knows? Yeah, I do see this. I doubt it. This comment in the in the article that we're quoting here, and I'll put a link to it in the, the show notes, um, is that some people are like doing like uh, 2.3 times or 2.8 times. So the Overcast app must have the ability to be able to throttle this up into tenths um, because maybe there's like an upper limit. So if you're like two times, maybe that's not quite fast enough. But if you go up to 2.3 times, maybe you can still understand it and get through it even a little faster. Um, it's kind of interesting. I see those these various numbers. So it's I always thought it was always like these 1.5, 2.0, 3, 3.5, whatever. But it sounds like the Overcast app gives you the ability to kind of throttle it up and down a little bit and give you a little bit more control over that. So um, maybe that's something that uh, we need to look at for Spreaker. Um, but but it is going to be a hard one to convince um, the developers to add that because if we're only getting 1% of users using it, it, right. it, is it, it, worth takes, it? it takes a lot of development resources to, to do that. And I believe we're already um, offering the option of one and a half times. So I think it's, uh, it's already in there. And I think most people, that's probably what they would use, I would imagine. So anyway, we spent a lot of time on this one, but I thought it was interesting and, and I think you did too, and I think our listeners uh, will find it interesting too, though this has been around for a long time, so as far as the option and a lot of players. so. But, uh, but anyway, let's, let's move on from this and talk about some research that's come out. Uh, what is a super podcast listener? Uh, this is a, a research study that was done in, a little bit uh, in partnership with the Edison Research folks 
um, did a series of um, online uh, conversations with podcast listeners across uh, a group of major podcast publishers. So this is kind of a public radio leaning study that was done because they wanted to find out the characteristics of what is being termed here as a super listener. And part of why I believe that this is something that the that there's a focus on is that there was this clear indication in the Edison research that was talking about um, podcasters when they listen. um, When you become a podcast listener, you tend to kind of like go to an extreme is kind of what happens here. Those that are still listening to radio and maybe dabbing and online radio tend to like um, maybe we'll try podcasting, but once you've kind of gone over to the, you know, become a full podcast listener, uh, you tend to go all in, right? You tend to take it to an extreme, and that's kind of where this super listener concept comes from because what we're finding is those that are fully engaged in podcast listening um, listen to greater amounts of content. So more hours, more shows. Uh, you know, It's like the average um, super listener listens to like six shows or something like that, um, and they have a preference, which is interesting, Alex, um, a preference for subscription, that's not necessarily a paid subscription. That's um, that's more of a auto subscribe via like the iTunes platform, auto subscribe, and it auto downloads for time shifted consumption. So that's kind of old school, right? So that means that when you a lot of super listeners tend to gravitate towards back to the old school consumption model of podcasting. Alex, what's your thought on that? Do you think that that's uh, that's true? Some of the research kind of points to that too. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, I think that the article that we were referencing before the buzzfeed article talks about that as well um but you know some of these i I gotta say i don't rob are we gonna make these slides available for the listeners yeah i'm gonna gonna actually um put a link to this article that was posted up on medium and inside that article is all of these these um these kind of um visual graphic uh representations of the research that has all the numbers and it's kind of very kind of visually pleasing to to see all of the the numbers so yeah i'm gonna i like pictures yeah i like pictures (laughs) and i think the audience will appreciate these that's the reason why i was asking because it gets into uh some of the the specifics right the little nitty-gritty uh granular type stuff but some of it's a little surprising i mean one thing that didn't surprise me i don't want to jump too far ahead but I, i think the graphics help to show this in a really visual way and a very easy way to comprehend but it's all smartphones rob and we, we keep talking about that yeah. and you know i study seo and other ways of like internet marketing and they all talk about that if you are not marketing i don't care if it's you're selling widgets or if you have a podcast or if you're a musician or an actor whatever it is rob right you could be any business any and if you're not on the smartphone platform or your website's not optimized for it or you know people have a hard time subscribing through uh, their phone, a lot of uh, Rob, a lot of podcasts that I, I I find on Twitter or just we, articles and stuff like that, and I'll go to their website because I'm curious about them. It's hard to find out how to subscribe from their websites. Sometimes yeah. it's not very easy. They don't even have embedded players on the front page, or yep. there's no like. I'm like, okay, sometimes the embedded players there, and I can download it to my phone, which I never want to do. But why yeah. is it hard for me to subscribe? So anyway, just looking at slide three, if people. We'll go look at that. 69% of people are on the go. Well, if you're on the go, how else are you going to listen to it? And they, they talk about 
Um, you, you even said, Rob, we, we talked about offline MP3 players, which I, you know, yeah, I guess they're still out there. People are using, you know, uh, you know, iPods and Zooms, I guess, but tablets are a bigger yeah. one. Um, 10% even are still are still using an MP3 player um, and almost 40% are still using computers to listen to this stuff. Yeah. So, you know, it's still, you know, laptops and computers are still important places for people to consume this content too. But mobile is by far where most people are consuming this stuff, 93%. Well, for me, it goes, I would say, it's I'm a little strange this way, but more computers because I'm married to my laptop all day. I work, you know, from yeah. a laptop. So, uh, you know, mine is laptop, a lot of my podcasts, then smartphone, and then a little bit of a tablet. So it kind of corresponds with these numbers. I just not a yeah. – I, I do use my smartphone for podcasts, but I got to be on my bike or, you know, the beach, something like that. At any rate, the, the, these slides are good, Rob. I'm glad that you're going to give these to the uh, listener here because I think they're going to like it. Yeah. And, and I think about my consumption of podcasts too. And I would say that I, it follows along the same percentages of how I consume this stuff too. And since I recently got a, you know, an echo device uh, from Amazon, you know, that 7% of listening that's happening on the, the smart speaker platforms um, really kind of follow suit with that. Um, It's still early days for that, that particular device to have a higher percentage than it does. Um, but you know, a super listener really means that they're consuming more, uh, right? So there's, there's the research that's coming out that's saying, um, those that consume one to four hours of, uh, contents, about 20% of the podcast listening crowd, but those that listen to 10 or more hours per week is what I, I, I believe this is. It's 40% of the total. The age group, um, that is at the highest level here. On the um, on the heavy consumption part is the age group twenty five to thirty four, so they're listening. Forty three percent of those folks are listening to ten or more um, episodes a week, so it's a big number. And then the the second highest number is the is the forty five to fifty four crowd that's listening to thirty nine percent. Or not listening to 39%. 39% of them are listening to 10 or more episodes a week. And then the next group, uh, the highest number, is 38%. And that's the 18 to 24 group, which is a little surprising. That's the that's that's a millennial group. Um, maybe a little bit of a Gen X too, right? Kind of grouping in that age group, Alex. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't surprise me, any of these age groups, actually. I wonder more about the – I always think podcasts would be great for senior listeners. Well, you it's know what I mean? pretty because strong, 36 percent, uh, 65 to 74. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah. No, it's not bad at all. But I would think for – I don't know why. I think of old-timey radio and things like that. But I'm sure there are a lot of uh, elderly people – who just aren't tech savvy, who just aren't going to ever just just even bother. So I, I don't know. It's I think that's an untapped audience because I think that they would love it. Yeah. I, I don't know why. I always think that's well, an untapped audience. Because everyone highest, always talks about younger people. but They do have the highest percentage of the um, one to four hours um, on a weekly basis, the 65 to 74 group um, of all of the groups. Um, so they're – they tend to have a higher percentage of moderate listening amongst uh, podcast consumers. 
uh, versus or the, the smallest, right? So, so they're because well, wait, thirty. 36% of the uh, 36 They're the 10%. highest yeah, percentage of the, of the moderate consumers of podcasts. Uh, the smaller or, ones, really, because yeah. it's only one, one hour or so, or four, one to four. Yeah, yeah, well, one to four hours. So they're moderate consumers. They're not necessarily the super consumers, but 36% no. of them are doing the kind of super listener thing. Um, but, you know, the, the group that does the – the least amount of moderate listening obviously is the is the 25 to 34 group most of them are you know that are listening to podcasts are all in so right and i know i know when we say all these numbers like the, the listeners eyes cross so when you're because we're looking at the chart so if they're looking at the chart they hopefully yeah. they're looking at it as well but when you yeah. still look at it the elderly are the least to listen to a lot of podcasts yes so it's just an untapped market Correct. i'm not saying that like you know i have the idea of like i don't even know what they'd like to hear i, I need to have a survey like what i want to hear about big bands no i'm sorry <laughs> but uh, you know what what's i mean the like, content, I, I, right? I think it's what's the content over there that they would yeah i mean does the podcast market cater to from a content well, perspective, politics. I mean, I do have some some older people who comment a little bit on my YouTube channel quite a bit, and they'll want to debate me, and they're usually older because they, you know, that you can just tell by the way that they, they speak. But um, at any rate, I, you know, all, one thing I got to say, Rob, because I know we got to move along here, and there's a ton of information on these charts, but it talks about this super listener, the loyal evangelist, and it says four percent haven't recommended a podcast. But 96% have? Where yeah. are my listeners? If 96% of my listeners recommended my show, I would have one of the – it'd be huge. <laughs> I'd be the happiest podcaster around. How come – 96 – that's – what? Well, that's how I mean, that's, that's, that's how mind. shows grow. I mean that's how shows grow in this medium. It's not – shows I don't guess. typically grow by really um, much any other method. So – uh, this, I'm always surprised is, when I find yeah. my shows on Facebook, right? Because I'm not on Facebook, but other people have somehow put it out there and I can all, God only knows what they're saying on Facebook about the show. Cause I can't see, I don't know if I could, I don't know if I actually can, maybe I can, but I, in my analytics, I can see the listens are coming from Facebook for some reason. I didn't put it there. Somebody did. So I don't know. It's like if, if people on Facebook, if like, I don't know. That's that's some people sharing it, I guess. Right, Rob? But I just think sometimes some of my shows will do very well. And I'm like, if they shared even 5%, I'm thinking in my head, right? Just 5% shared it. That, that'd that be amazing for me. But 96%? I guess they share podcasts they like and, you know, the ones yeah. that irritate them. They <laughs> or don't. Or might be too right? controversial and scare their friends and family. They go, oh, I better not share that one. They may agree with it, but they may not want to share it. Yeah. Yeah, but I found that the... The research was kind of confirming a little bit of the old school thoughts around podcasting to some degree, um, which doesn't necessarily surprise me, is that um, super listeners prefer subscription-based models over time-shifted consumption. I know I alluded to that earlier, but there's some percentages in here um, that 81% of super listeners um, want to subscribe to a podcast and download automatically to listen to it later. So that's... That is at the core of where podcasting started and what podcasting, um, the distribution methodology, uh, really is the foundation of podcasting, which is the download model. It's the go into whatever app that you have and subscribe to the content and have it automatically download to your device. Um, but yet 53% still like to click 
on a podcast and listen immediately. And, but that's technically that's not a podcast though. That's just listening to on-demand audio. So podcasting by definition is a download automatically to your device. That that's, that's the foundation of this medium where it started and what the, the name means, but more and more people, as you can see in the research, 53% are clicking to just play now, which is nothing wrong with that. No, but there's some podcasting. How do I put it? Well, we already talked about websites. This goes back to what I said earlier about the website and people not making it easy to subscribe. It's killing you if 81% want to subscribe. Um, But a lot of people of super listeners, but a lot of people have services sometimes that may hinder that. Like, and maybe they just need to enable it or maybe they need to pay for it or upgrade. So that's why Spreaker is great because if you go to, if it's basically playing there, right? Uh, you can download it straight. You, you, you have to enable the downloads, obviously, but you can download it directly through Spreaker or you can play it on demand. So if you're on the smartphone and you're like, I just want to download it, you can. If you want to play it there, you can. You know, And I like – that's why one of the reasons I chose Spreaker because some of them are a little more complicated. Let's put it that way. And a lot of them don't uh, – Rarely any. I don't think Spreaker does either. Well, Spreaker does on your Spreaker page, but a lot of them, again, I always have a problem getting people to subscribe through iTunes or leave me iTunes ratings. Sometimes it just it throws people off. So in my personal opinion, I don't like to download so many podcasts. As some, some I do, but I don't like downloading a lot to my phone per se or even my laptop because it just takes up tons of space when you subscribe to so many. So a lot of times I just listen to it and if I like the topic – I'll download it and listen to it later, Rob. But a lot of times I'll listen like the first five minutes. Like, yeah, well, I don't want to download that one. You know what I mean? So anyway, um, but to make it easy to subscribe, I think that's a a big problem with a lot of a lot of podcasters. We 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 don't make it very easy to subscribe or review ourselves. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. It can always be easier and more streamlined. Uh, Myself included. Myself included. You know, the super listener also prefers in-depth content, which means that they like fewer segments um, that each go into greater depth. So 41% uh, like to have um, just narrow um, bands of topics, I guess. Um, not not too many, too much variety, right? They like, they prefer in-depth content around a smaller group of topics. And, and I guess they prefer national news over the international news, over local news. Um, so kind of in a general sense, um, they they are not looking for international news. They're mainly looking for news that's relevant on a national level, probably from a country level. Um, and local news is still not bubbling up as having as much interest. Um, so um, that is an interesting thing the more i think about that the interest in national and less interest in international and local i think is an interesting switch from the past right i think people in the past were more interested in uh, local news um but that seems to be shifting uh it's probably been that way for many years but uh but, but it's interesting i haven't seen it presented quite like that before but it makes sense but that was always the, the mantra of radio, right? Local, local. It's got to be local. Yeah, That's what we exactly. have. The advantage yeah. we have is local. And then what do they do? 
all the big radio stations just start syndicating all the big guys. Handy, Michael Savage, right? Laura Ingram. It's all, they're all syndicated. Leah Laporte. It's all syndicated content, most of it. So yeah. it's like, it's just, I don't know. Like, are they going backwards or forwards <laughs> when yeah. it comes to radio? So it's kind of the same thing. I don't know. I, I think radio and podcasting still hasn't met the, uh, the marriage, I guess. We were talking about that earlier offline, that it should. <laughs> you know, radio doesn't get podcasting yet. Period. End of story. Yeah. And and the next category here, we'll just run through quickly so we can move along here. But um, a super listener is increasingly preferring digital consumption over broadcast. Uh, so broadcast radio is getting kind of... Um, uh, becoming a smaller piece of uh, these listeners' lives. Um, so 47% of super listeners uh, listen only to podcast content, and 32% listen to a podcast and radio, um, but more often as podcasts, and 4% listen to podcasts um, and on radio equally, and 5% listen to podcasts on radio, but more often on radio. So you can see that these numbers are pretty small, and 2% uh, only listen to programs on the radio, and 10% listen to any programs that are podcasts um, and are on the radio. So uh, now I gotta say, Rob, I, and I know you'll probably, I, I don't know if you'll agree or maybe not, but from the stuff that I read from all the, and let's just say radio propaganda, radio Inc magazine and talkers and all this stuff, they will tell you, Oh no, 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 no. Like 90% or 92% of people listen to radio <laughs> over anything else. And they get all their, yeah. you know, their advertise, you know, they're buying decisions and they've got all this propaganda that, that they will tell you, yeah. right. That they'll tell you. But I think a lot of that is because they're scared of podcasters. Well, they're, <laughs> there's people- they're holding on by their fingernails, right. To hold yes. on to what they have. Uh, and that's, yeah, there's a certain so. amount of, uh, worry. I mean, I go to radio, you know, conferences and events and I can tell you that there, there's a lot of, uh, concern out there about what's happening, uh, in reality with this stuff. Uh, and I'm sure you've heard the propaganda a lot more than I, because you're at the, these events yeah. and they say, Oh no, radio's got some, we're strong. Oh no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> Advertising revenues never been higher. Meanwhile, iHeart radio just what went into like quadruple bankruptcy. Or whatever it's yeah, like. yeah. Well, and and super listeners um, trust the digitally distributed audio content more. Um, so if you look at uh, the trust percentages over even e- even radio, uh, it's thirty three percent. I'm not sure what that percentage really means, but uh, the only medium that is trusted more um, is national newspapers. So wait, the New York Times, uh, you know, <laughs> the Washington Post, LA people, Times, are you kidding me? That's well, what I think of when I national. I mean, if you think about it, though, those are those are considered to be the most the credible promoters. sources. I would say I would tend to agree that 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 a lot of people consider those to be the most credible sources. Wow. I, I mean, don't want to get political here, but I mean, the New York. Well, Times it's not a political. It's not a political discussion necessarily. I think it's it, it's what people. Um, I mean, I think national newspapers are the last bastions of journalism. I think because it's certainly not on television. It's certainly not on the radio. 
Uh, Wait, but, Rob, CNN's not telling you the truth? That's not what I'm saying here. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm being, I'm being – What I'm saying here is that – No, no, no. I, is that radio and, and typically network television are very opinionated-based uh, content right. areas where there's actual journalists that are hired to do investigative reporting uh, in the national newspapers. And that, that isn't the case necessarily on uh, radio, uh, local newspapers – News websites, um, uh, cable news, any of that. All that stuff is typically opinion pieces. So I can see, and, and podcasts to some degree are opinion as well. But I guess what where that trust comes from is that it, I think you can get very narrow on your opinions in podcasts, right? Um, you can drill down yeah. and uh, only follow who you trust, right? I, so, I don't think people are opinionated enough in their podcasts. That's why I think a lot of the podcasts... Um, are bored? Not a lot. I'm just saying some are boring because they, they're trying to walk a very fine line and not be too controversial. And to me, that's boring. I just take a stand. I mean, that's what I come to listen to an opinion. But people who are a little too like you know wishy washy and I don't but that know. Also I think that's what, a lot of, that also drives a lot of that also drives a lot of division between people in this country too. So sure. and around the no, world, it isn't right. just in the U.S. But you know, the, these extreme opinions are what are driving people to argue and fight and it feels like coming together is a little bit more something we should be shooting for if you know what right. i mean yeah if you have a humanitarian benevolent view of podcasting i personally don't i think podcasting that's why i loved spreaker when i first got on because they yeah. were selling it as like you, you could have a voice nobody could shut you down it was kind of like a rebellious thing i don't know that was the marketing i saw when i first got to spreaker it's like you know have your voice heard you know that type yeah. of thing i was like, like this is this is enticing to me because yeah. nobody can shut you down that's no, what i that's love right. like you could have a podcast and nobody can say the fcc can't come in and shut you down although they would love to um, you know, yeah. the only person that can really shut you down is if your your I guess your podcast provider says you know you did something you know racist stuff you know uh, oh yeah well maybe if you're sexual doing sexual content things yeah, that exactly. are like prohibited I get it yeah. but yeah. if you're harassing people or if you're harassment sure or, um, you know, being, yeah illegal being stuff right and stuff stuff yeah. that's horrible. Yeah. Right. But yeah. I, I but I, what I love is that anybody who has an opinion, you could be some guy who's like, I got a political podcast, you know, about the president of Zimbabwe, the guy who was just overthrown today, by the way. And, uh, you know, and, and, you know, look, you know, you might have been the guy who did a show that got the word out about some corruption and it got him out of power. You know, it's just yeah. some podcasters have a very um, unique uh, opportunity, I think. That's just my yeah. opinion. That's why I love it. I, I love independent. That's true. Thought yeah. on podcasts. That's me. Anyway, I'm right. I agree with that. <laughs> you do. I know you do. We, we're, we're not too far from. We're a little. I'm a little more controversial. I get it. Um, yeah. But you. I mean, you're opinionated, Rob. You have your opinions. Oh yeah, <laughs> definitely. Anybody. Oh yeah. yeah, definitely. So I mean, I I definitely take a stand on things, um, but I also try 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 to listen to all sides too. So yeah. uh, you are very diplomatic. I, I give you that. I try. I try. Well, let's let's <laughs> jump into the next topic and talk a little bit about uh, the article that's in that's in the Spreaker blog right now, um, or it's actually linked to in social media. It's the podcast suicide: five errors to avoid. These are areas suicide. That, hold on, that's controversial. Yeah, uh, it is. Yeah, you can't <laughs> can't use that word, right? It's going to inspire emotions, which is what you don't want in your podcast, right, Alex? 
Never, never. No, nope, vanilla. All, all, all the time, like me, Rob. Well, probably, you could probably add a sixth one to this list, too, is that if you're not driving any kind of an emotional reaction in your audience, you're probably um, not going to succeed. <laughs> right? Yeah. True. <laughs> so it is, and I don't think that that's uh, one of the five here. So I think it, I would like to add six, which would be, you got to inspire your audience to connect with you, uh, whether it be hate you or love you. It's got to be one way or the other, right? Agreed. So, no, I agree. And, and, Some people uh, will come by just because they don't like you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and are refusing to recognize your target audience, which I think is, is a little bit part of that, right? Um, keeping a broad appeal is good, but not targeting um, actually will probably, I think it's a little bit like we were talked about, Alex. I think you kind of have to take a stand because most people are um, very focused on their topics and um, targeting to that specific topic area may be uh, the best strategy to go forward. Um, I mean, if you, you have to align yourself with what your listeners are looking for. Um, and if you don't, then maybe you're, you're missing an opportunity. What do you think, Alex? Yeah, I mean, we've talked about, um, I believe on this show, our avatars and, you know, who are really gearing um, the content to. Um, and I, I think that helps with not just your show, but it helps with monetization. It helps yeah. with growing your audience. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think that's I think that's a definite uh, uh, big mistake that people don't. Uh, a lot of us don't take that in consideration. We just think, well, so I'm interested in it. So somebody else will be. And usually that's the case. Somebody's interested in what you're talking about. Right. I mean, you could have that's why there's so many different niche magazines and things like that. There's a topic for everyone. And there's a, on the internet, we can always find somebody interested in what we're doing, but sometimes we lose sight of it because, I mean, I've seen people completely shift, you know, gears mid podcast. You know what I mean, Rob? And not, I don't mean during the same show, although some do, but you know, just, you know, one day it's a show about, you know, uh, podcasting the next thing, you know, it's a comedy show. I mean, I've seen people do yeah. stuff like that. And I, yeah, I didn't come here for that. So why am I going to stick around for your, your new endeavor? I'm glad for you, but start another podcast type thing. So I agree with that. Um, absolutely. And I know we yeah. talked about number two a lot, Rob, yeah. the pre-launch marketing. Yeah. You got to have a pre-launch plan of, so, of sorts. Uh, I would, I, I would get up a preview episode, um, that, that gives you an episode that you can then just build your distribution and then uh, then launch your your podcast uh, on a specific date that you've promoted in, in advance of the launch date and get your promotion and get your distribution all in place before you actually put out your first episode. So your first full episode, I should say. So anyway, and Rob, I love that idea of sorry. Oh, go ahead. Uh, no, I was just going to say I love that idea because uh, I have since – we've talked about this before. I was like, oh, I don't know about that. But I've since seen some really great examples. I wish I had them, but that's for another show of people who have four or five episodes in the can and then they do a trailer, almost like a movie trailer, Rob. Yeah. And, and they've you know, really good talent actually doing the narration of the trailer. Sometimes it's the podcast hosts themselves, but like really mm -hmm. good uh, – uh, just examples of what they're going to have for the next four or five episodes. It might not be the whole series, but you go, wow, this is going to be interesting. And you ha and they haven't even launched. So I, I, I've yeah. kind of changed my opinion about that. Before I was saying, why would you do all this stuff? And then I, I, I come and you've got me there and I'm ready to subscribe and there's nothing there. But if there is this trailer, at least I have that subscribed. So when the next one comes out, 
I'm going to get it automatically. So anyway, I've cha- I kind of changed my opinion on that. It's not a bad uh, way to do it. The, uh, well, whether it's a, yeah, and Apple is now now supporting that function too of putting out right. a you know a, a, a trailer of sorts. So well, Spreaker yeah. had this option the whole time, but I never thought about it like that because I was always thinking I'll run an ad, right? Yeah. You know how you can have a little thirty. So I'm like, you know, oh, I'll just run an ad, but. I don't think I said I was about to say 30 seconds. I don't think there's a I don't know what the time limit is, actually. I don't but think there n- is. Now, yeah, I don't. Th- OK, cool. So, yeah, you could do like a two or three minute trailer. I mean, that's pretty cool. And Spreaker has that already built in. I didn't think about doing that before. At, at any rate, um, if people want to do that, they can and, and mess around with it and see if they get more listeners. Yeah. Um, yeah. And not to you know, so, confuse anyway, the, the topic, but what I'm talking about um, as far as b- before you launch your show, put up a like a preview trailer of what the content's going to be and and tell your audience when you're launching it and uh, what mm-hmm. your focus of your show is and and uh, let the audience know who you are and and why you're doing the episode but just keep it like to a minute or a minute and a half long max uh, and just keep it um, in in your RSS feed as you b- submit to iTunes and you submit to other listening platforms. Uh, oftentimes you have to have at least one episode in order to get your distribution in place. So um, don't waste your launch of your first episode uh, when you don't have a distribution. So uh, is kind of my bigger message on that. Um, launch it when you have your show established in iTunes and in Stitcher and TuneIn and all these platforms. Um, get in there first before you you know put out your first full episode. Um, and then uh, the third error that can uh, cause you to uh, commit podcast suicide is to not bothering to submit to iTunes. Are you really a podcast if you're not in iTunes? Yeah, yeah we've, we've talked about that before. A lot of people don't, yeah. Rob. As, as I know. Heard, I mean, you, how yeah. many people have you had to submit that are listeners to this show? Remember? Yeah. I mean, I know yeah. we've talked we went yeah. through that with quite a few. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, that's so. a no brainer folks. It's like, you gotta, so I like, I like that because I actually didn't do that. Like I wasn't on tune in and obviously you got to get accepted to certain ones. I heart radio never heard back by the way. I don't know if I ever told anybody Rob never heard back from, uh, uh, what is it? Spotify. Sorry. I almost said stitcher. Um, just yeah. a black hole. Never heard back. Just n- n- nothing. Never heard back. Just, just boop, boop. don't care. Goodbye, Alex. No, not interested. Um, but I didn't do that in the beginning where I set up to all these other platforms and one or two people said to me, hey, are you on um, – I think it was TuneIn at the time. Yeah. And I was like, mm, no, maybe I should submit and then I figured out how to do it through Spreaker and did. Um, but I, I wasn't on YouTube for a long time, Rob, and I tell people all the time that's a great source for new listeners. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, I, I mean if you're launching – and it, t- it doesn't take that much time. No, and if you're doing one, you might as well do the rest because it's kind of got to submit some of the same information, right, Rob? So, well, yeah, yeah. and and also, Spreaker won't generate your RSS feed until you have an episode, so you have to get an episode into the system before you can even get access to that RSS feed that you need to submit to iTunes. So, if you wait till you publish your first episode, you're not gonna, you're just kind of at the beginning of. of the process of getting your show distribution and you're going to waste a lot of time on that first episode. So, uh, right. waiting on your acceptance into iTunes, which could take, you know, two or two or three days and you kind of miss that launch window with your episode that you want to have. 
Um, so anyway, and then the other thing. That Rob, we'll, does iTunes have you heard of? I'm sorry, but real quick, does have you heard of iTunes just flat out rejecting a podcast? Or they just say no? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for whatever reason, it's. I haven't really heard it happen very often. Okay, I haven't either. I was just yeah. curious. Okay, they're they're pretty pretty open to pretty much anything. Um, they do so. have terms of service though, so that there is some criteria which are typically on any platform. Even even Spreaker has a terms of service and content um, kind of criteria or limits. I guess might be a better way of saying it um, on what type of content can be included. Um, but they are pr- pretty open to anything. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the other way that you can commit podcast suicide is to mess up your RSS feed, which is what we were just talking about. Um, uh, that basically makes it, you know, if you, uh, publish an, a, a, uh, episode that messes up your RSS feed, which makes it basically kills it, um, that basically your show is not available in lots of places. So it's important that you keep a close eye on your RSS feed and make sure that it's properly set up and configured and that you don't put weird characters into the uh the metadata that goes into that that can potentially break uh parsers that are out there that are looking at those uh feeds so any comments on that alex well i've seen people who've done it <laughs> where you go to subscribe and it doesn't work you go what yeah the hell is, yeah exactly it's going a, on here it's a common problem that's out there i know a lot of the podcast hosting platforms have uh written scripts that will um block the, the breakage of certain characters um, that, that are out there that um, won't even make it into your feed to to break your feed. So um, the, the, there are some protective measures that, that have been done. Um, they oftentimes come from people using like Word to create their metadata and their descriptions, and they cut and paste it into the, the tools, and some, some characters make it into the, the code. Uh, that may not be even visible um, that will break an RSS feed, formatting codes mainly. I don't want to get in the weeds here, but real quick, do you happen to know who legally owns the RSS feed? Is it the podcaster or whoever you started with? Because I, I, you have to generate the RSS feed, right, with a host. I'm assuming that's the only way to do it. How else could you – unless you're – Hosting it yourself? Well, like you could own... actually. I mean, back yeah. back when I first started podcasting, I I generated my RS, my podcast RSS feed um, off of my own, own custom coded server uh, blog. Okay. Blog. So. Oh, uh, blog. Okay. Yeah, and I I I went in the, oftentimes at the beginning and hand coded the the enclosure tag information in the actual R, RSS feed itself and. You can still do that. You can hand code um, an RSS feed. I wouldn't advise it because there's a lot of ways you can break it, like we just talked about. Um, but in the early days of podcasting, there were a lot of podcasters that were hand in hand writing their RSS feed and adding episodes and to the actual code of the RSS feed um, back in the early days. But now you, I wouldn't advise doing that now. The, the tools have been built so good now that you shouldn't have to do that anymore. But I'm just wondering, I, like, who legally? Like, I guess it's the the creator, right? Because if you're using just a service, that's the service. The RSS yeah. feed is 
what it is. Like you could switch that to another service, right? Yeah, well, so. you own your your content. You own your feed. I mean, sure, a service provider can provide that for you, but you're in full control of that. Um, so, right. Okay. So you can you can move your show to another platform. You can set up a 301 redirect to point your feed to a new feed. So really, in a lot of ways, you're given full control over your RSS feed, even on a on like a platform like Spreaker or or other podcast hosts out there too. Most of them uh, will give you the ability to freely move um, move about the building, as they say. So you'll be able to move right. to a different host if you want to. Which is the way I thought it was. It's like a domain. Yeah. You know, you could register it with GoDaddy, or you could register it with another service. You know, but you own the domain depending on uh, where you register. Got it. Um, cool. That's all. I, I know you knew this better. Yeah. I'm taking a, a, a class on the legalities of podcasting and these kind of little oh, questions mess okay. up my head. <laughs> yeah. Well, and also the fifth one here uh, is uploading your podcast directly uh, onto your website, um, which is what we were just talking about um, back in the early yeah. days. That's what people were doing. It's not advisable to um, host your podcast on the same server that uh, has your website because what it could do is it could have an impact on the performance of your website. Um, so when, when you publish an episode into your RSS feed and it goes into iTunes and it goes into all these listening platforms and all these apps that are out there, there is a, a immediate saturation of your bandwidth pipe uh, to deliver, depending on how big your show is. I mean, if you've got a hundred thousand listeners, you know what's happening. Um, there's a certain percentage of those folks that are automatically getting that episode right away. Uh, so you could cause your website to really get slow uh, for a period of time. It could be uh, could be up to 12 hours as it's delivering all of those audio files um, when your when your website is not performing. Uh, so that's that's why it's always smart to host your audio files on a CDN or a podcast host that's been optimized to um, spread that bandwidth out over many servers across the, the network of the internet. Um, so that's one of the big advantages of um, being on a host like Spreaker uh, or any others that are out there as well. So any thoughts on that, Alex? Uh, yeah, no, I totally agree with that. Anytime that I, not anytime, but a lot of the time when I see someone hosting a podcast or even video i've seen people hosting on their own website it never works it never starts flash breaks all sorts of weird stuff so it's never a good idea yep. leave it yep. to somebody else to worry about all that crap exactly <laughs> right. exactly so well uh let's let's move on and talk a little bit about um, comments that we got we got some comments from linda Irwin who uh jumped in here and she's uh, regularly contributing to it um um, she, she made a comment in here. Um, uh, YouTube has been marking everyone not advertiser friendly in mass. Alex, can, can you talk about that? I mean, have you seen that? Yeah. The, the, so my, several months ago, many, many moons ago, there was what was called the AdSense apocalypse on YouTube. You can just go on YouTube and search it. Many users were complaining about it and still are where they demonetized what they said were unfriendly to advertisers. Now, what that means is completely up to them and nobody really knows because CNN, Fox, MSNBC, some of these outlets can run a story about something and they can run ads or do whatever the hell they want, but you do it, nope, they shut it down. And some people, which is happening to Linda apparently, they're just outright saying, 
either we're demonetizing them, and even if you're not, some people I know aren't. They're just saying, well, we're not, you know, your videos are offensive or we don't agree with the content. You're violating the terms of service, and they either shut down the videos or shut down your channel. Um, so this is happening. Uh, you know, I don't know what to say about it other than be careful because they will do it, especially for copyright infringements. Three strikes are out. Um, but even controversial content is being not only banned from making money, but sometimes the videos are banned and, and, and entire channels shut down with hundreds and hundreds of videos. And they've had the channel for years. So it's getting really weird. You can fight it, and what I always recommend is if they do something like that, fight it. And if they email you and say, "Oh, you know, this is the reason," you know, give us a response because they'll let you respond sometimes. You have to do it because if you don't respond, they just will say, "Okay, forget it," you know, shut it all down. Yeah. Uh, I've also heard of, and I don't know if this is the. I thought about this after she made other comments, uh, but I think on the last show, but. but sometimes, Linda, and I don't know if this happened to you, but you will have. Uh, what they call haters, right? Or just people who are trying to sabotage your show and they'll flag it for inappropriate content, uh, which I, is really vague because just about anything flies on YouTube as long as it's not like you, you know, nudity or extreme violence, although there is violence, there's fights and we all see it. There's cursing. We all see it. So, you know, it's who knows, but any sexual content obviously is a no, no. And some people will just say, oh yeah, there's sexual content or flag it inappropriate and there's nothing inappropriate in it. And YouTube will just take their word for it. It's so strange. So that's happening, Linda. I, I don't know what the answer is going to be. Other people are going to other platforms. And yeah. I mean, I don't know how how many people are going to have success when YouTube is the second largest search engine on yeah. the planet. So. Well, that's true. And <laughs> well, she also mentioned here that people are getting hit uh, for not monetizing their content on YouTube. I don't know. Is there any evidence of that that you've seen, Alex? Not for not monetizing. Usually they won't let you monetize. I mean, I wish they would let me monetize half the videos they've given me strikes on. But, um, yeah, I, I, I haven't heard of that. And I know she said fair use means nothing. It does, Linda. You have to sometimes phrase your responses if you've gotten those notifications. I have. And you have to phrase it a certain way. And apparently they, like, will go away. It's really strange. But if you just say fair use, you know – you know, take a hike, go pound sand. It's not going to work. But if you, you know, put like kind of like a legal ease type thing and you can Google it responses to YouTube uh, for fair use. You can Google examples and templates that will help you. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know, Linda. It's I, I personally I'm with you. I, I'm totally aggravated with YouTube. And if I didn't kind of need them since there's nothing better right now, I wouldn't be even be on there. But I mean, I get tons tons of views and listens there. You can go check out my channel, youtube.com slash Alex yeah. and please subscribe. No, no, you do. But, you do get a lot of and, listens over there. Yeah. And, and so I can't leave it, Rob. You know, that's the problem. They got you by the Pelinis here. <laughs> it's like you don't want to leave because you're missing the views, but they're kind of screwing you in a way. And they're kind of saying, well, screw you. You're going to take it and like it. And then you say so you feel like you're being kind of, you know what I mean? Just uh, what's the right word? Bushwhacked. <laughs> <laughs> no. it's just, you know, they hit you. They just they say, hey, it's tough. And all the, I mean, literally, I, you wake up one day and all of your videos are gone or the, all of your videos are demonetized. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. I like well, the views. And this is one. I'll, I'll end on this, Rob, real quick. I, I'll shut up in a second. I'll, you got me on YouTube here, though. I'll end on this. I, if I found a better platform to get the listens, I'd leave. 
I would leave and I wouldn't look back, but I just haven't found it. And it's not even about the money, Rob. It's not about the money I get from AdSense because it's that they've almost decimated that. But it, it helps a little. But if I, it, I'm more interested in getting the word out about what I'm talking about. So that is what I would ex- exchange for a better platform. But I'm, I, unfortunately, I think we're stuck with YouTube, folks. Yeah. No, it's it's a huge platform. Linda also made a comment about uh, the embed the speaker has to Wix, yes. and she used the embed code widget. Uh, uh, you can also change the size of the height, width, autoplay if zero. So get the uh, get the the embed code, I believe, off of the show page, right? And and then just change the settings in the the script, uh, and right. you should be able to get it to work in Wix. Is what she's saying. She also wrote, uh, this is uh, Linda Irwin again, when I submitted uh, to iHeart uh, through Spreaker 22 episodes in, I was rejected specifically because I did not have at least 100 followers. And this was back in 2015. Um, so uh, that's that's one of the criterias, and we covered that in the episode last week, um, that you have to have these little checkboxes covered um in your in your show so do a campaign to try and get followers to click that button on your page and that'll that'll help grease the skids into iHeartRadio. yeah yeah i mean you got that's what you got to do so yeah well linda thank you for all of the comments here and uh we definitely appreciate it and alex i think we need to wrap it up or i think we're uh uh we're we we haven't gone long, but I know that we've gone long for your schedule, so we we need to move. Oh, on. We're, we're, yeah, so, yeah. All right, Rob. No, fantastic. So, no, good show. Good show. Yeah, got yeah. Well, in. thank you so in. much for listening to the Speaker Live Show. It's great to have you with us uh, all the way to the end here. So, thank you so much for for listening to the full episode. We certainly appreciate that very much. Come back and listen. Next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern from SpeakerLiveShow.com or from our app or from wherever you're listening to us, uh, come on back and check it out. Um, and if you can't listen to the live show, then uh, we're also always available as a um, download or a play off of uh, our, our, our listening platform. So go check us out. Thank you so much. And like I said, we hope to have you back with us uh, next week on the Speaker Live Show. 